Okay. So Kelly, in the spirit of the 10 year challenge, which has been going around Facebook and Instagram, uh, where people are posting profile pictures of how they looked 10 years ago and how they look now, we're going to talk about how we met and also later right. in the show, how we met some famous triathletes. Right. We're going to look back. We're looking back. We're, we're being nostalgic. We're reflecting. And we met at TBI, which always sounds funny because it sounds like traumatic brain injury, but at Triathlon Business International Conference in LA in like 2016. We did. And I never told you this, but uh, beforehand, someone had told me something about you. Um, oh, well. Yes. And so this is actually, it's like a good reminder to be careful how we talk about people because, you know, you plant a seed and you remember it, right? Because I remembered this. So, you know, Ben Hobbs, <laughs> who used to yes. do TRS triathlon. Yes. Yeah. So he had, we had talked about writing on the site and he had said you were writing for a site. Yeah. I went to TBI to write kind of obnoxious things for his site. Right. And he said yeah. you were super smart. I am. So. See, Ben gets things right. Sometimes. <laughs> Rarely, but sometimes. Yes. And so anyway, so he had planted the seed in my head that he, that you were super smart. I was like, well, I need to meet this woman. <laughs> And then, I, and then, yeah, then we like had drinks. Yeah, I think I had a couple glasses of wine and like rambled on about how I wanted to get into journalism. And people kept taking our picture because it was all about women. And so every time there were like women standing near each other, you got your picture. Like, oh, taken. a small group of women together. <laughs> yes. Yes. Take a photo. <laughs> Take a photo. I had actually also had an email from you before that too, because my coach Hillary had emailed you about a race and then she had forwarded me your email. <laughs> FYI. Did so I give wild. amazing, did I give amazing information? No, I believe you used the phrase Mexican shit show. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're repeating it on the podcast. Awesome. So, awesome. <laughs> okay. So coming up on the show, we're going to take a look back on triathlon over the last 10 years. We have a listener voicemail advice about how to say no to a training partner. Also, Iron Man has recently put itself up for an IPO. What does that mean? And folks, I know it's been a few weeks, but I'm going to do Tales from My Box. Live Feisty's If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc. Ass Kicker makes activewear for women featuring empowering phrases like work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ask Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code RIDING to save 20%. That's RIDING, as in if we were, at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so in this whole like nostalgia looking back thing... I included in the newsletter this week that Tommy Zafaris does these things called triathletes, where he like remembers when he first met someone and he like posts a picture of them and like tells a little story, which is really fun. And you said, oh, I've, I've met tons of famous triathletes. So you also 
had some triathletes. Oh, I have some funny triathletes. Okay, I have the one that comes to mind in particular is Rasmus Henning. I don't know if anyone remembers him, but he was an ITU world long course champion from Denmark. And he was kind of a big deal when I first got into triathlon. And I was okay. at a race in in the Middle East, like at Abu Dhabi or Dubai, like one of these races that randomly had a huge amount of prize money, you know? Right, right. As you do in the Middle East. Yeah. And so I, what happened? Oh, I had, he came over to me and I knew who he was and he asked if he could borrow my pump. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he, he borrowed my, I'm like, oh, and he, Rasmus is also very handsome. And oh, so okay. he borrowed my pump. And by the time he went away and he was pumping his tire somewhere and apparently in the process ended up meeting my dad and my, and his wife who okay. in the process ended up inviting him and his girlfriend to our house for dinner. Oh yeah. That makes sense. That sounds like a thing parents do. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that's a thing parents do actually. It's a thing it's like parents invite do. world champions. To you dinner met my mom. She would invite people over <laughs> so to dinner. Somehow, they ended up in such an, like a good conversation that they were like, why don't you come over for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> and so that, and then also on top of it, he broke my pump. So I couldn't pump my tires. <laughs> So you were like, come over and eat my food and take my pump. It's fine. Okay. So that, I thought that was pretty funny. And I was like, dad, you did what? You invited him where? <laughs> you're like, oh my God, you're so embarrassing, dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking back though. I was trying to think if I met famous triathletes. I don't I mean... I don't know that I, I, I have, but it's always been in like a really like professional, like I met them to write a story about them, which is not exciting, right? Mm. But then I was thinking like 10 years ago, Sarah, because I posted my photo from like my second triathlon ever. And you yeah, were all that like, was oh cute. my God. You were such a baby. I wasn't such a baby. 10 years whatever. ago. It was like 12 years ago. But yeah. So then I was thinking about, okay, first triathlon ever, Sarah. My first experience of triathlon, like first triathlon I ever saw, ever like been to. I had already like I joined the Cal triathlon team. So like collegiate triathlon. And I had said I would volunteer at... It was called Cali Man. It was like when Iron Man wasn't still a big thing, right? It was like a local Iron Man distance yeah, event. Cali Man, yeah. Cali Man. And everybody got super drunk the night before. And so I get woken up to like, oh my God, we're late. And we're like, like speeding to the swim start with these like surfboards in the car that every time we take a turn, they like slide and hit me in the head. And all the bottles, all the empty beer bottles on the bottom of the floor go like rolling across the floor. And we get there and they're like, oh, you lifeguarded before. And I'm like, well, and they throw me in the water, like to lifeguard. To lifeguard. Yeah. They're like, oh, just like if anybody needs rescuing, just like pull them up on your surf, like in the boat. And you're like, oh, okay. And then after that, we're like driving back to do our like aid station duty. And we're like driving down the bike course. And it's like, oh shit, nobody closed the roads. So I get, I get thrown out of the car and told to shut down a road at an intersection with like no wow. equipment. And I was like, you know what? Triathlon. This was triathlon in 2005. What does that really still worked? exist? No. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> but yeah. And I was like, oh man, triathlon is ridiculous so, yeah, athletes really changed so had you actually you'd never done a triathlon at this point i never i like decided i was going to be on the collegiate triathlon team without having without having a bike like i just decided i decided i was going to do it yeah i mean we I, that sort of seems normal to me. we founded like yeah. i was 10 years older than you so we actually founded our triathlon club when i was at edinburgh yeah. and uh people showed up literally it was like we, people wearing like bomber jackets and right. riding mountain bikes and the works it was amazing I don't think it's like, I don't think collegiate, collegiate triathlon isn't, 
It's so like competitive and serious now. Right. I don't think it's the same. As opposed to back in the day when it used to be a big drinking club. Right. When you like would show up to swim workout drunk from happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> it was for the days. It was we had a thing in our tri club of like the big competition was who could down a pint on their head. Mm. So I was especially good at that. Were you? How do you down a pint on your head? I don't understand. Well, you you basically do a a headstand. Oh, oh! I was picturing a pint like on top, like resting, balancing on top of your head. And I was like, Sarah, how does the beer get from on your head into your mouth? Doesn't make sense. The trick is to do, but you have to pick it up off the ground in front of you. So you get into your handstand or headstand, Uh, I should say, and then you kind of like pick it up. The trick is to not tip it the wrong way. (laughs) Once, Once you got that sorted, you're good. See, I'm so. Yeah, triathlon has changed some. I feel like it's probably changed even more from when you got into it. Because your first triathlon would have been when? Like two like nineteen oh, nineteen eighty. No, <laughs> if it if I had started as young as you, like I think it, it might be that differential. Like I uh, I started I did my first triathlon, I think I was twenty two or twenty three. So it was nineteen ninety-nine. I did my first one when I was twenty. See? Oh, okay. Okay. So that was still the our ten year gap is still. Yeah, we yeah. had a one of the, it was like the K-Town Try in Kingston, Ontario. And they took you out on a boat and dropped you off. Like, t- like I don't remember how long, like 2K from the shore or something. Right. And I wore a, a surfing wetsuit and had to swim back. It was amazing. See, triathlon. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. All right, Sarah, we also previously have said that you were going to update people on your goals. Oh, yeah, my goals. <laughs> yeah. Do you have goals yet, Sarah? Okay. I have a couple. It's coming together. Oh. I have a couple. Okay. okay. One of them is for, for Live Feisty. One of them is to grow the audience of both the shows that we already have. That's a good goal. Okay. Solid so goal. So we're going to put some, I mean, I mean, it's not a solid goal, actually. That's a really weak goal. What you need to do is put like actual right, right. Well, numbers I'm assuming on. you have like numbers and steps and like processes to I achieve do. that. I do. Okay. So I think realistically we can double the audience for uh, Iron Women. And Kelly, get ready for it. Quadruple the audience for if quadruple. Yes. Okay. Yes. I hope you have a plan for how to do that because I am not a marketing genius. Okay. Here's my plan. Friends at home, tell your friends about us. (laughs) If you're listening right now, (laughs) you need to tell four people. (laughs) Actually, three people to quadruple. You need to tell three people to listen. Okay. Solid plan. Solid. That's my plan. (laughs) Great. I also. I'm oh, just joking. I have a real too. plan, by okay. the way, for okay. anyone who's okay. wondering. <laughs> You're like, no, seriously, I promise. Seriously, there's an You have other goals too, you're saying? Um, so the other goal for the other main goal that's emerging for Live Feisty is I want to be able to launch a new show. Right? And by that, I mean, like, have the time and resources and woman power to launch the show. I'm not exactly sure what that show is. Like, it still needs to still, like development phase but like we need to have enough resources to be able to do that so that's the initial my initial planning right now is like how do we get everything the resources together to launch and i have about three or four different ideas that are rising to the surface for what the show is fun times okay you're just waiting for inspiration you also asked people to send in their goals i did and we heard from someone i was very excited okay Hi, Sarah and Kelly. My name is Elizabeth, and I am a full-time student and mother of three in San Francisco. And my normal person triathlete goals for 2019 are to run a 30-minute 5K, 
to finish an Olympic distance triathlon in three hours or less and to just finish at Ironman Montreblanc in August. And as always, my yearly goal in parenting is that none of my children end up in juvenile hall. I think those are good goals. Yeah, I love I think she has a solid plan. Yeah, I love the way how at the end she was like, oh, yeah, and by the way, keep my kids out of juvie. Is that your goal for Rosie to keep her out of juvie? I think that's I think it's a solid parenting goal. Yeah. Sometimes I got to say, sometimes it's out of your hands, though, right? Like, that's you're true. Like, yeah, no judgment. No judgment on kid, parents who kids yeah. just going to do kids are going to do what kids are going to do. You're like, eh, it's true. It's and only this, like half your fault. Yeah. Like, Especially I'm really banking on the idea that kids learn by observation. Oh, right? okay. Because like actually building for me right now, like building a business or previously being a pro athlete while parenting is pretty, it does take time away from the parenting part of parenting. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping she's internalizing some of the things in terms of watching, you know, watching how I go about life. I hope that that's, I hope that plan is working. It's totally working. As a kid, I spent like my parents, I think you know this, my mom was like two weeks out of college when I was born. So I, I spent a lot of time at like their work and bars and my dad's wrestling. He was a wrestling coach. I like, you just hang out, you figure it out. I was backstage at a lot of theater, like, you're a kid. You adapt. It's fine. Yeah. You like learn stuff. I agree. Whatever. I think kids learn a lot by observation. So, and I'm totally banking yeah. on it. Good. Okay. And we also had another question from a listener. She didn't send a voicemail, oh, man. but she was, she wanted us to comment on how you let a training partner down. And in her particular case, it's because she was feeling like this person is holding her back a little bit on some rides and during intervals. And ghosting, like, is it an option? I feel like when I don't want to work out with people, like, it just doesn't happen. Like, you have to go out of your way to work out with somebody. So, like, you just don't go out of your way. Like, is that just me? Is that, like, not a... I don't know. I prefer the direct approach to, like, both in dating and with training partners. <laughs> but, like, literally, like, it's so... It's such a pain in the ass to, like, make arrangements to work out with somebody. Like, just don't make arrangements. Okay, so imagine this situation. Imagine you had, like, a regular... Oh yeah. See, I don't have that. Okay. (laughs) This made me think immediately of when, like when I first did a triathlon back to the 10 years ago thing. So nice time. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. I went to train in the middle East and Ferris Al Sultan used to take his training partners there. He was the, I think 2005 Hawaii, eventually the Hawaii winner for 2005. So good athlete. And he would invite me on rides with them. You know, they'd ride out like across the desert, like miles and miles and miles. And then sometimes there were rides that literally like he knew I wasn't going to be able to hold on to the wheel. And he right, would just like right. in his very like German way, just go, just look at me and directly say, sorry, Sarah, you are not invited. Yeah. I feel like I also, what I'll do, I want to, you know, I'll say like, this is specifically what I'm doing. Here are the numbers. Mm. And like, usually it's like pretty clear. Like if, and it's like, that's what I'm going to do. Right. Like these are my power goals. Yeah. And like, it's funny sometimes. <laughs> When you like state power numbers, because like a lot of weekend warriors don't know power numbers, but side point, side point. Yeah. Or it's hard to judge sometimes if someone's like, if say someone's right. interval, they're holding 200 watts or something and I can only hold 150. Like, can I stay on the wheel? Well, probably if my skills are good. <laughs> right, right, right. So. But like Steve and I, my husband and I, we're discuss- I've discussed this at length though, because 
he wants to make some kind of calendar or like calculator to like calculate when things overlap. Like when does it make, which workouts does it make sense to ride with somebody who's faster because like what you're doing like fits with what they're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And when does it make sense to go like, when can you keep up? Cause like, it doesn't make sense to run with your friend who's slower if you're doing intervals, but it makes sense to run with them. If you're doing like an easy trail explore exploration, right? Like it depends on the day and you got to find like where it fits, right? Like how it all comes together. Right. That sounds like a very See? complicated calculator. Yeah. Well, he's going to like, Sarah, technology is 2019. It can be done. We used to have, okay. We used to have a great training group here in Tucson. I'm actually in Tucson right now. And on any given ride, there would be real, some really good athletes there. Like often, you know, Lindsay Corbin, mm-hmm. Lisa Ribes, Leanda Cave on any day. So what we would do is like before we left for the ride, we would establish like who needs to do what. Right, right? right, So, right. and then he'd always default to the person who needs to do intervals. So sometimes if I remember there was one winter where I rode with a Lindsay a lot and what, if she had to do intervals or if we all had to do intervals, but they were different, we'd literally set up the ride. So we went to a location where we could all do our workout and then we just regroup and ride home. Cause sometimes they're in the middle of like those intervals, in the right. middle of a four hour ride or three, five hour ride even. So that's how we worked it out. Like literally communication. So there's my answer. I'm going to go with communication. Oh, okay. Okay. Shocking. Shocking. Right. I'm going to go with just ghosting. <laughs> I think it works great. <laughs> it's not a problem in my life. So <laughs> I also think though, people also like, whatever side point here we're going down a hole but i also think people too often get too obsessed with like running or riding with people who are faster than them sometimes you actually like it is nice to have somebody who's like sometimes you actually don't want to try and be always pushing yourself because then you get in this like hole of like always trying to go faster and faster and keep up like sometimes you actually like the actual ideal partner maybe is someone who's a tiny bit slower than you but can keep up or like the actual ideal training partner for me is like a guy who like isn't on a schedule who's like my you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, but hundred yeah, percent. Or like you just make an arrangement again. Back to the communication. You make an right. arrangement ahead of time. Is like if the person's slower than you, you're just like stay on my wheel. I'm doing a ten minute interval, and if you get dropped, I'm gonna soft pedal during my recovery, and we'll all be fine. We'll be fine. Totally. There you go. Totally. Okay, so Kelly, this week, Iron Man big news. Big, the yeah. big news. So they announced. Well, okay, so Iron Man didn't announce Wanda which is the Chinese company that owns Iron Man and a whole bunch of other stuff, um, announced that they're putting their sports arm. It's called like the Wanda Sports Holding Company. I can't even keep track of all their divisions. Up, They want to do an IPO, an American IPO. So it's actually for like a bunch of stuff. And Iron Man, it's like, because they also own some Swiss company that owns some parts of like cycling. I can't. And Swiss company is a much bigger company, right? Like it was worth. Yeah. It was worth a lot more, as I recall from the article. It was, but it was not like, we're not talking like 10 times more. We're talking like like twice as much, much, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to do an IPO. They want like a $500 million IPO for all of it, which seems like, I don't know. We'll see. And so the big question, what everyone wants, like, obviously we've been expecting this for a while. There's been a lot of room, like we being like triathletes. There's been a lot of rumors about Wanda having trouble in China, like financial trouble, not like life trouble and that they were like looking for cash and they were possibly going to unload Iron Man. They, there were some rumors they were looking for a buyer and that then there was rumors they were going to do an IPO. What does this mean for us, Sarah? Oh my gosh. Like you, for triathletes. You cannot expect me to answer that question. I was totally relying on you for wild speculation okay. about what this wild means. Wild speculation. <laughs> yes. I mean, so like the wild speculation part is that generally like you go for an IPO because you want like to cat, like the, you want 
liquidity, right? Like you want the money from the business, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's one thing to have a business that you're like, this is worth X amount of dollars. But then when you go for an IPO, you can actually like have those dollars. Well, if it goes right, you can actually have those dollars. Right. But then obviously you're like beholden to shareholders, which is a totally different side point that I think is like bullshit that the shareholder above all else is like a very recent phenomenon. Okay. In the US, anyway. So then, like, usually it means then that you become more like, usually it makes you more focused on like profits for the shareholders, mm-hmm. typically. Um, and you're doing it like because you want the cat, like the money. Right. And I know someone else wrote to you and asked this question, but it does beg the question like, how does Iron Man create more profit? I mean, it I know, sort right? of feels like they're already sort of charging a lot. It does, doesn't it? it does. I don't know. I mean, how I don't know how they create more profit. Obviously, they could like cut costs more and like more things that we think are issues. Um, the other like possibility, obviously, is like an influx of cash allows them to invest more. Mm, okay, but that's a that's a see. I'm taking an optimistic. I like it for the yeah. first time ever, folks. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here. So I don't know. We'll see. I do think it's going to. It's one of those things where like nothing's going to change overnight on January 30th. But I do expect that we'll like see small chain, like more and more small chain. You know what I mean? Yeah. As we. It will be interesting and we'll keep track of it for, for you all. Don't, right. don't and worry. You know our whole like our ongoing, like it'll get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This may be like the, it'll get worse before it gets better right. part right. of the timeline. Right. <laughs> that could be right about now. The other big news this week, though, Sarah, and this is my mom told me this was the first thing she clicked on in the newsletter. Because your mom's a fan of Javi. And so Javi Gomez (laughs) is going back to ITU. And so I did. Okay, so here's why I think this is super interesting. So Javi won his first ITU World Championship like 12 fucking years ago, which is some goddamn range. And then he like won a 70.3 World Championship. And then he like moved up to Ironman. He raced Kona last year, right? Mm -hmm. And now most, oh, it didn't go well for him, right? I think he was like, 10th or 11th which obviously isn't like is good for which most obviously people. Is good spectacular for but right. for javi we isn't good for javi yeah people are betting on him to win when he like won the 70.3 world title and the itu title in one week like the year before anyway and most people at least in triathlon once they move up to coat like once they move up in distance they don't go back and so the fact that he's like actually i'm gonna go back to itu i'm gonna try and make the 2020 team medal at the olympics I think it's super interesting. I couldn't think of anyone else who has done this, who has like gone up in distance and then gone back down. I think it like just continues to prove that he is so fucking versatile. And I think it's an interesting because within what it raises the question of like, what's a bigger deal, the Olympics or Kona and outside triathlon, I think it's like Olympics hand down within triathlon. I think people actually like stop and think about they're like, I don't know, you know? Yeah, actually you, you, you gave me a pause there. I actually went, my mind actually went to who makes more money. I bet the Kona winner makes more money. Yeah. The, I think like when I've seen the top list, like, yes, the Kona winner usually tops the list for the year, but then like the next eight in the top 10 are all ITU athletes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, or even career wise, who makes more money? Right. So if you like, cause Javi's the kind of guy who could come and win Kona multiple years in a row. And it happens every year instead of every four years. Right. True. Right. Oh, I think so. he'll be back. I think he'll be back at Kona and like, 2021 yeah it does show impressive range i mean i you have me there it's uh it's really interesting you know what made me think of actually jill savage she's a canadian woman who 
won ITU World Championships like back in the day. Like I'm this is nineties going way back. Yeah, I was like, I don't even know who you're talking. Like about. dating yeah. myself totally here. But she started <laughs> in long course, and I think she won Ironman Canada, came tenth in Kona, and then before she started doing ITU and Olympic distance, and then she went, which is usually the opposite. I right? know, I know. So, it's usually the other way. Yeah. But she probably, she had the thing that it wasn't even in the Olympics till 2000. So then she was probably like, oh shit, now I have a chance to go to the Olympics. Ah, I want to go true. to the Olympics. Because I feel like Chris McCormick also tried to do that a few years ago. He was like, oh shit, I want to yeah. go to the Olympics. That's right. And he like tried, and then it didn't like go well. Yeah, I remember. Right. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So as I was saying this, I was like trying to think of anyone else who has gone Kona and then gone back. And that was my only mm. one I could think okay, of. Okay. So Javi, but Javi can do it. Like we all have faith. Of course, in him, Javi right? can do it. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Of course he could do it. Okay, so coming up after the break, I'm going to do a tale from my box. We would like to thank Ask Kicker Inc. for supporting the podcast. And remember to go to livefeisty.com, click on shop, and use the code RIDING to order your Live Feisty tanks, tees, hoodies, and leggings. Follow at If We Were Riding on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter and subscribe to our feed on iTunes or wherever you listen. If We Were Riding is produced by Live Feisty Media and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our awesome editor is Aaron Hamilton. People have been asking. There's been fans clamoring for more. I know Where are the tales from my box. Gap, but I apologize to everyone for not having any good tales from my box. And this one is about CrossFit and the other meaning of box. So it's a true tale from my box. Okay. So, <laughs> so I okay for the first time in my life, I'm 42, and for the first time in my life, I have it. I'm using an IUD for birth control. Everyone raves about them. Oh. I got another email this week about birth control methods and that you should be using a cup. Have you ever tried a cup? I don't even know what that is. What's a cup? She said, she said it's, I mean, it is what it sounds like. It's like a a little cup that you like shove up there. Anyway, raved about it. Said it's way better than a little bit. Sorry. A little bit like a, like a female condom. Yeah. It's like a cup. No, it's like a cup and you put it up there and then it captures all of the, like the blood that instead of a tampon, but that's a, that's not birth control. That's like for, right. Sorry. That's not birth control. I don't know why I said birth control. (laughs) That. Oh, like the Dixie cup things. Yes. Anyway. Diva cup. It's called the diva Diva cup. cup. Yes. It's been around for a while and people do rave about it. Although I do know someone who's like diva cup. It all went wrong on the pool deck and like there was blood. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm like, I don't. Anyway. When it goes wrong, it goes wrong. (laughs) <laughs> but do, people do tend to love it. I think I, somehow that all connected in my head, Sarah. I, I know. was like, oh, people rave about IUDs. Somebody was raving to me about the Diva Cup this week. Want us to talk about it. I was like, oh, good. We could alienate our four male fans. And I think we just did. So did. you so, have an IUD. So that, to your credit, I think that's maybe the first time you've had a brain fart on the show. And, and I have them all the time. So, okay. So I think, okay. So I get the IUD inserted right and they're like no exercise for 24 hours right 
And I don't know. I actually kind of had pause on this because I'm like, okay, literally, like, can I now go to CrossFit and go freaking all out on all this stuff 24 hours later? Like, I think that's maybe not what they mean. Like, they probably mean 24 hours later, you could go for a gym. I don't know. Was it also like, was it really painful? Because like, okay, so I tried to get one and my body rejected it and it was super painful. And I know some people who like were like, oh, I'm just going to bike home after. And then they like literally were like passed, like passed out in the. Oh, no, not for me. I had a very easy time of it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So that part was easy. Okay. And then, okay. So, so the reason I'm saying this about going to CrossFit 24 hours later is that I had no, I had no problems initially. And then like Uh, now we're, I don't know, I'm over two weeks since, (laughs) since I've had it inserted. And now I'm like bleeding quite a lot. They also, okay. So this is a side, this is, I keep, I like how I keep saying a side point. This is a point. I hate when they're like, oh, you'll have spotting and you're like, yeah, that's not what that, or they're like, oh, you might experience mild cramps and you're like throwing up. Yeah. And you're like, no, like fuck you and your vision of like women's health and how we treat it it anyway. Yeah. So all of this, and of course it affects cross because now I can't exercise without taking right. care of like, because of course I'll, I quote unquote spot, which is actually just bleeding more right. than right. more when I go exercise. Okay. So all of that. Right. So it made me reflect on like how like modern birth control in terms of like birth control that actually works. Cause I know there's been birth right. control, obviously attempts for, you know, decades since the centuries. beginning of time. Yeah. 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 Um, but in terms of our birth control that actually works is like relatively new. Right. Yes. And I feel like medically, like in a hundred years from now, or maybe even in our lifetime, we're going to look back and it's going to be like, like the way we see bloodletting. Like it, it's going right. to be like, remember when instead of the amazing new birth control that we have now, we used to make right. women either take hormones or yeah. insert a foreign object into their uterus. Like it just seems like it suddenly occurred to me. I'm like, I just had a, th- a piece of freaking plastic with hormones in it inserted in- inside me. It's very weird. Oh, I know. And you had one of those. I have those all the time where you're like, where you like step out for a second and you look down at something mm-hmm. and you're like, this is fucked up. Yeah, no, I have those. Yeah. So that's, yeah. this is a moment as I'm like, can't. Where you were like, like FDA literally wouldn't approve it now. Hormonal birth control because of all the issues and the side effects, the health consequences, which is like, don't take it away, FDA, please. I really enjoy my birth control. But it is like a holy shit. Like what the fuck? Yeah. What are so we doing? I'm just having a moment. I'm like marking this page. And in okay. 50 years when I'm 90, okay. I'm going to look back and go, Oh yeah, I was right about that. Birth control. Oh, I feel completely that way changed. about many, many things. Just so you know. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.